So for those of us that have been around for a while, you'll know that we've just been doing, like going on like a journey, just looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit, just looking for a fresh season of an outpouring of the gifts of the Spirit amongst hope. And I'm just going to move on with that season this morning and that, that journey this morning. And we're just going to go into one of the gifts of the Spirit called the gift of prophecy. And we're just going to start. I think we'll probably end up with several sessions on this one. Um, but before I do that, I just want to just um, feedback on a couple of the contributions that came earlier this morning. And I just, just wanted us to... Yes, right, answer that. <laughs> um, I just, just wanted just to pick up what I was sensing the Spirit was saying through those. And I just felt him wanting to say that he's a God who wants to have encounters with us. He wants to meet with us in a real way. We don't have a distant father, but one who wants us to know him. And not just about him by detached intellectual lectures about the scriptures. But he wants us to know the one of the scriptures. Yeah? And he wants to meet with us in, in real ways. And he wants to speak. We've got a speaking father. He isn't a, like a dumb idol or some religion where, where you kind of learn about someone who lived many years ago. But we actually have a living, speaking father who wishes to engage with us. He wants us to know him. And he also wants us to know that he knows all about us too. He knows all our intimate thoughts and details. That's, in one sense, that's a scary thing. But another thing, because he's a loving God, it's also an awesome thing. And, a, and a, a, you know, and, and that's who he is. So when we look in at a gift of prophecy this morning, I want us just to look at it from that perspective. Yeah, so rather than this detached, Gordon's giving a lecture about one of the gifts of the Spirit this morning, it's actually about a father wanting to reveal himself to us, wanting to be involved in our lives, wanting to encounter with us. And... Just a brief recap where we left last time. We left last time about, the, about, about when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. He clothes us with power in order to be his witnesses and in order to advance our mission. Yeah? And I just love the thought of being clothed with the power of the Spirit. So when we're looking at gifts of prophecy this morning, we're looking at one of those power tools that we've been given, which is what the gifts of the Spirit are. So prophecy is a power tool for our mission. And so we're just going to start with some scriptures, and then we're going to dig into it for about half an hour. Um, just, just to also say as well, is I'd encourage you guys this morning that we're going to give opportunity at the end if people want to receive something from God and want to receive prayer. That's not a thing to 
freak us out and spook us out and to cause us to run away. But it's an opportunity to actually encounter him. And it, it was quite interesting when we were doing 11.15. It took a little, took Jonathan a little while to get that kind of going. And I'd just like to just sort of say that, that I'd love us to, there's something about praying for one another to receive the Spirit and to receive the gifts that, that's more than just a, it just takes us away from the listening to the concepts and actually earthing it. So I, I'm just sort of saying that beforehand. So let's get our hearts ready to receive from Jesus, not, not to be embarrassed about being prayed for, but to receive from Jesus, yeah? Is that okay with everybody? Yeah, yeah good. Um, so I'm going to read some chapters in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and it's one of those chapters that talks a lot about the gift of prophecy, and I'm going to jump through some of the verses. That's because they're verses about speaking in tongues and, and other bits and pieces, so I'm trying to focus in on the prophecy bit. It's not that I'm avoiding parts of the scripture, just in case you think I'm picking the bits I, that, <laughs> that I like and avoiding those that I don't. I'm just trying to give it a, a concept. Um, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the the Spirit, especially prophecy. Then verse 3. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement and comfort. And anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I'd rather that you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone who interprets so that the church may be edified, like we had with the song this morning. Um, And then jumping on to verse 12. For it is... So it is with you, since you are eager for the gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. Remember we said prophecy builds up the church just a bit earlier on. And then let's jump to verse 23. So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and inquirers or unbelievers come in, They will say that you're out of your mind. We can relate to that a bit, can't we? (laughs) But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in whilst everyone is prophesying, now this is is interesting bit, this. Is this what it feels like when we're prophesying at hope? Question, discuss. Um, When everyone is prophesying, they're convicted of sin and brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their heart are laid bare. So they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. I just love that verse. When people are prophesying under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that people who don't know Jesus or new people coming in think, wow, God is is the presence of God is in this place. So that's not coming from the music or other things. This is the gift of prophecy coming out that raises the bar a little bit in my mind really to be honest (laughs) that's a challenge to me you know that's not a kind of always that's a thing hang on is is that that what it's like or have we got a little way to go yet yeah discuss 
Um, <laughs> I'm really sorry about this, but I'm having an eye op this week, and so my eyes are getting worse, and I'm finding it hard to see. Two, then verse 29, um, I'm going to read 29 to 33. These ones will probably pick up next time I do the talk, but I'm going to introduce it now. Two or three prophets should speak, and others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For, for you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. So they're going to be the verses that we're going to start with this time and we'll move into some of them next time. So my first point really that I wanted to chat about is prophecy is important. It isn't just something that kind of comes along and interrupts the service every now and again or it, it, it enables some of us to show off our gift. It's actually something quite important. And one of the things that struck me is, is when you read through discussions in the New Testament about different gifts and different gifts of the Spirit and different ways of the body working, that all these, these different lists and different discussions, they, they have different gifts listed. They're, they're different types of lists. They're not all the same as the one we read in, in 1 Corinthians. But there's one thing that crops up on all of them is something to do with prophecy or prophets. It's really interesting that, 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 it's, that it's almost like there's something about this gift that's a little bit more important than all the others. And that's not just, I mean, it's what it said when we were reading it there. There's something about the gift of prophecy. And when, when these lists are talking, it's quite interesting. I just want to just unpack that little bit just for our information because it sometimes helps us to, again to not be uninformed about these gifts is sometimes you hear it, it talking in scripture about when the spirit comes upon people people prophesying it doesn't really record what they said it just says that they were prophesying and it's almost like that that's describing some kind of spontaneous contributions that come under the anointing of the spirit yeah so that's, that's something that happens quite often in Scripture. It's a description of the, of the Holy Spirit coming. And sometimes we see that amongst us, don't we? You know, there's a sense of presence of God, the Spirit coming, and then contributions begin to come that are quite spontaneous contributions. Then there are descriptions of what it calls the gift of prophecy, about people having the gift of prophecy. That, that is a little bit more than just a spontaneous contribution. That's where, where the Holy Spirit has actually given this gift of prophecy, the ability to prophesy to an individual, and that person has that gift within their power tool mix. Yeah? That doesn't go, that's not for everybody. It's that the scripture says, I would that you all prophesy. It doesn't say that I would that everyone has the gift of prophecy. It's not that God's exclusive in any way, because he gives different gifts, just as he wishes. But he does tell us to eagerly desire that one. And that's what I'm wanting to home in on this morning, to eagerly desire that gift of prophecy. I remember for me that there was a... I did prophesy from time to time, but I remember very clearly when I felt I received the gift of prophecy. It came on me quite 
Lynn Tinkley. It was a. Uh, I used to spontaneously contribute quite often, but there was a particular time when I, I was sitting. I think I think we were in the um, sixth form, and. Um, people were going forward to be prayed for, and I wasn't involved in praying for the people. I was just sitting there in the congregation. And people were going forward to receive prayer for something. And as I sat there, I just felt the Holy Spirit came upon me, and I looked at the back of all these heads. And it was like I could just see what the Spirit of God was saying to every single one. It was like something came on me. It doesn't mean I see that all the time. It was a one-off occurrence in that way. I think that was the time I received the gift of prophecy. Yeah? Does that, does that make sense? There's something happened then. And I found from that moment onwards, there was a greater freedom to share that. I found that if I could connect with the Holy Spirit in certain situations, it, it, it became quite easy within my gift mix. Yeah? doesn't mean I was right all the time or whatever. It was, a, a, it was an experience. And that's what I'm encouraging us to go for as, as a church. I, I just have this dream of us being like a place where there's a spirit of prophecy that sits amongst us. That when people come in, that, 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 that God speaks to people, that, that, that visitors and guests and that that come in, because it's just, just everywhere amongst us, this spirit of prophecy. I just get stirred by that, and that's part of what's driving these talks. Then there's another thing within some of these descriptions about people in the, in the New Testament, it talks about one who prophesies. It's almost like this, these type of people have got a stronger sense of, of, of the gift of prophecy. There's something much more impactful about the way they do it. They talked about um, the, the, the daughters of Philip. It says they, he had daughters who prophesied. There was something about them that was more than just a gift of prophecy. There was an impactfulness amongst them. And I feel that there are people here in, amongst hope who are like that. You would describe them as one who prophesies. If that person, and I'm going to point one out because she'll hate me doing it, and that's why I'm going to do it, and I would describe Pat Bevan as someone who sits within that category. Yes? And I did it deliberately because I knew she wouldn't like me doing it. But, but I, I just felt it would be good to, to, to honour that. Because if, if Pat comes to you and says, I feel God's given me a word for you, my goodness, you listen. Because there is a, that she is one who prophesies. Yeah? She wouldn't have a title upon herself or whatever, but there's an impact uh, that amongst them, depth of, of, of an accuracy amongst, amongst that. And then the final thing within the list is prophets, um, and they are people who serve the church with that gift. That's, that's slightly different, and that isn't what we're going to talk about today. So we are told within Scripture to eagerly desire the gifts, especially prophecy. There's almost like an emphasis on us doing that, and I, I'd encourage us. Being eager and enthusiastic is kind of not always hope's culture. We're quite a laid-back sort of play. I think it's a Worcester thing, really, to be honest. It's kind of, kind of a laid-back sort of, you don't want to be too zealous and enthusiastic. Except scripture here is telling us to be like that about the gift of prophecy. So it's a little bit of a prod. Let's eagerly desire to prophesy. 
The other thing that I think is important about the gift, of, the gift of prophecy is that alongside the speaking in the tongues that we talked about last time, it's a key to releasing the supernatural. That when prophecies come, I'm talking about genuine prophecies under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, it, re- it releases the supernatural. It's often an, a door opening up to other gifts. Let me just explain. If God says to you that he wants to heal you of something through a prophecy, then that can trigger the gift of healing. Does that make sense? Yeah? Particularly if that comes by some kind of revelation that from someone who didn't even know you had that illness. That causes faith to rise. Yeah? When um, God began to give us prophecies and words about having the building and, and things, particularly through Richard, about... Um, a door that no one could close, that raised the gift of faith and, and miraculous for seeing this building. It was that. Once, I find that once I've heard God speak to me about something, you know, I might be anxious and stressed and wound up, and as Kyla will testify, but if I've heard God about something, I think, oh, that's what God's saying. I can go for that. I might be a bit still a bit worried and anxious, but I know, I know that it releases that. And that's another thing why prophecy is so important. It encourages people with their faith. Yeah? So, but it comes by that revelation. If God speaks into you like that, it can birth something in you to carry you forward through difficult times to support your faith. It's really important. And then the other thing that's interesting about prophecies is that, that words have power. Yeah? Words that are spoken have power. They have power to destroy and be awful, don't they? You know, people, you know, people that, you know, the scripture says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. Pa- pa- words have power. And when God speaks, that can have creative power through prophecy. It's really quite unusual how it happens and it says about Samuel that the Lord let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground without coming about now it's almost like there's this partnership between the Holy Spirit and the one who prophesies and it's like it doesn't mean that you can just go and make things up and they'll happen but it's like when those words are spoken it can release something that actually is creative that if they weren't spoken and you sat on them it may not have happened. Ooh, that's a bit controversial, isn't it? Yeah? And I felt this morning that God wanted me to do that with someone here this morning. Yeah? Just, just as I was sitting there. And, and, and I felt God wanted me to do something over you, Jess and Tobin. Is that okay? Yeah? This freaks you out, don't worry. Dave Collett or someone will sort you out. So <laughs> I just felt God wanted me to prophesy something creative over you. Yeah? And, and I just felt that, that I had a sense in my heart that there'd been some disappointments that had happened and things that hadn't worked out. And I just saw you just sitting in the presence of God and I felt God saying to you that, that this was a season for you to rest and just sit in his presence. Yeah? And let him speak to you before you start trying to do things. Just start listening to him listening to him, and just do what he says in a gentle way. But this is now what I'm going to prophesy creatively over you. I just believe, actually, do you want to stand up? Just, just get ready to receive something from God. Yeah, you don't know what's coming, yeah? <laughs> it's just all right. I just feel that God, just lift your hands up. I just feel that God wants to say, just to re- prophesy over you fruitfulness. F- 
fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. We just break any sense of failure and disappointment and we just say season of fruitfulness over the life. Whatever you touch your, touch, put your hand to will prosper and succeed. That there will be fruitfulness in your life. There will be fruitfulness in the things that you're attempting to do. There will be fruitfulness in the things you're not even trying to do because the blessing of the Lord is going to be on you. Fruitfulness on your money. Fruitfulness on areas of your life that you didn't even know needed fruitfulness. Fruitfulness in every area. Amen. Amen. Is that okay? (laughs) That's how that works. Well, that works if that was from God and you stop getting fruitful. Okay? And... The final thing that we just touched on when we were reading those scriptures is that that prophecy is a sign of God's presence amongst us. Yeah, We often talk about, oh, the presence of God was really there. Often what people mean by that is uh, uh, the worship sounded nice or whatever and I felt something. But actually... The reason I know that Kyla's presence is in the house usually is because I hear her voice, yeah? Because she's talking to me. Because we're sharing stuff together, I know her presence is there, yeah? It isn't because I've read something about her or I've heard a recording of her or someone's talking to me about her or it's because she's there speaking. And it's the same with God that we know he's amongst us because we hear him speaking into our hearts. Yeah? And that's why prophecy is important, because that's how it kind of works. And so I just want to say, what is prophecy? And I've come up with my own little definition, right? Now, it might be not 100% accurate, you know, because I looked in my little... Bible concordance with all the Greek words and it didn't really tell me much other than what I already knew. So I just started thinking, what is prophecy? If someone said to me, what is it? And this would be how I would define it. Someone else might put a different definition on it. And I I put it as something that is revealed by the Holy Spirit to someone. Okay, so you've got the Holy Spirit and a person that that he's revealing it to that's then communicated to other people in some way, yeah? Um, There might be better ones, but I just felt, to me, that's what it is. There's a revelation that comes, so it's not something I'm making up. It's from the Holy Spirit, so it's not from any other source or any other thing. It's given to an individual, me, you, whatever, and the object of it is that there's a communication, because he who prophesies speaks to people. So there is a communication that takes place with it. We can all, we're all his sheep. We can all hear his voice. Prophecies, that is, there's a communication that takes place that, that, that's given out, yeah? Is that, that okay? So, using the scripture that we've had, I've got, just come up with here, of some characteristics of what I would say prophecy is. Are these coming up? Yeah, okay. So, there's some characteristics of what prophecy is. I'm just going to... Okay, I've still got a bit of time. The, the, we're, we're gonna, I'm just going to just... If we don't do all of this, we'll come back to it next time. So, and if this is... Is this helping anybody, by the way? Is this, uh, this, is this landing in the right direction? Because it's, sometimes it's hard to know where you land with this stuff. The first thing I say about prophecy is it's 
a seeing and perceiving gift. Remember the, those who were here in the first time that I gave the talk, we said that the gifts of spirit are kind of categorised into different types, the way they operate. Prophecy is associated with like a seeing and a perceiving within us, yeah? Um, so it's a bit like alongside discernment of spirits, and we'll have fun with that gift at some other point. Um, but it, 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 it's that type of gift. That's, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about some inner perception, inner seeing, inner visualising, yeah? And it involves some kind of revelation. You know, it talks about the them having revelation. Let me get, get it, Yeah. Um, so, in other words, revelation is, see, is seeing something, something that's revealed is something that was hidden or unknown, yeah, and then it comes to light, yeah. So, some light is put upon something that was hit that we didn't know, yeah. It isn't just a general contribution, you know. When we come together as a church, people bring all sorts of different contributions. The thing that characterises something that's a prophecy is, is there's some kind of revelation, yeah? So, and it isn't something that just something that we know where we want to encourage somebody. That is, again, that's very valid to just encourage people, but that's not, not what prophecy is. There's something there, you know? Like, I know my friend Richard struggles with his feet, okay? And I want to, and I want to go to Richard and say, oh, I'd love just to pray for you about your feet, whatever. That wouldn't be a prophecy. That would just be me of my love for Richard, encouraging him and, and, and hoping that, you know, that, 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 there wouldn't be a revelation there with that. Does, does that make sense? Yeah? Um, and sometimes our contributions that are perfectly valid, you know, they're, they're perfectly valid from Scripture or from what we feel or whatever, that doesn't make them prophecy. Yeah? Um, as we said before, it demonstrates the presence of God amongst us. I think that there's something about genuine prophecy where you can sense the presence of God. You know the presence of God is within it. And, you know, that's a challenge to us. You know what I mean? And I'll come to that a bit in the next part. It can involve things like revealing secrets of, of, of hearts. Secrets of heart, by the way, doesn't mean that, that you stand up here and, and reveal to everybody what deep, dark, sinful thoughts Isaac has just had. That, I mean, that's just manipulating and exposing people, and that would probably not be put on God. But if, if he had a real desire for God to use him in some particular way and that desire was in his heart and he was struggling and feeling insecure about it and a prophecy comes and encourages him to go for it, that's a secret of the heart, yeah? Okay? Now, obviously, if there was some, you know, thing that God, you know, analysed in Safari, it can get scary sometimes, but that isn't genuinely what, it, what it's about. It's, it's about that. It's where God shows that he really knows us and really knows our deep inner thoughts and, and, and that, and it's not just a general, vague thing, yeah? The involved in prophecy is edifying, building up, and encouraging. Those are characteristics of prophecy, yeah? And when we come to another session, we'll look at how we do prophecy, yeah? So I could have shared with Jess and Tobin and done a whole load about disappointment and stuff not working, that would not have encouraged you, would it? That would have just, yeah? 
that, that, but that was the first thing that I perceived when I looked at them. You know, just, just giving you a bit of unpacking how it works. And I thought, oh, OK, what do I do with that? You know what I mean? And, and then that's where you, you, you then go with it and see what God wants to say through it. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. And then the final thing, it speaks to people. Yeah, it isn't just some general, vague, woolly thing. It might speak to an individual or a group of people, but this is God communicating. It's not just shouting out there into nowhere. There has to be a landing and communication that takes place. That doesn't mean that everybody understands everything that's shared. You read some of the prophecies in Scripture and they look pretty odd. But, the, but there is a communication that's involved. Okay, So I hope that was helpful. So this is what I got the chairs out for, because I want to just talk about a little bit now, as we come into land, is that I've put that prophecy is actually a partnership with the Holy Spirit between the prophesier and the Holy Spirit. And I want to just demonstrate that a little bit, okay? Because in that verse, one of the verses that we read, it says that the, the, the spirit of the the prophet is under the control of the prophet. Yeah? It's not that the, there is a partnership. It's, it's quite mystical. It's God wanting to speak, God wanting to do something, but somehow he's doing it with us and with our frailties and with our weaknesses and with who we are and our personalities and our characters and our flaws and our failures. And he's partnering with us. So I'd just like somebody just to... Come and just pretend to be the Holy Spirit. Well, John, would you be the Holy Spirit for me? So you'll try to be the Holy Spirit, yeah. You don't have to do a lot. If you, you just sit there, right? So this is, this, is, this is me and the Holy Spirit, yeah? And I don't know how you relate to Jesus and relate to the Holy Spirit. With me, it tends to be sitting down, chatting. Other people, it might be other ways. But there's a relationship that's taking place between myself and the Holy Spirit, Yeah? So that when the prophecies are coming, they're coming out of this closeness of being there in partnership with him. Yeah? So it's not just me over there, it's the Holy Spirit over there. It's me over here and I just suddenly blurt out something that I feel. Holy Spirit's miles away over there. There might be a little bit of the Holy Spirit in it, but I've just, it's not just something I've kind of blurted out that I feel. Yeah? At the same time, it isn't that... You're standing here, and the, and, it, and the Holy Spirit's like this ventriloquist dummy that's controlling what you say. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah? It's neither of those things. What it is, is it's that as you have that relationship with talking with the Holy Spirit, it's almost like when you then come to prophesy, and you feel you've got something from him, yeah? it's almost like he's with us. So can you come stand with me and just, just put your hand on my shoulder and it's almost like the Holy Spirit is there in partnership with when you're sharing. And that, I feel that's one bit sometimes we miss. That we can have that intimate bit of hearing and then we just walk away, leave the Holy Spirit behind and try and do it all ourselves. But there is a partnership with the Holy Spirit. It talks in Scripture, doesn't it, sometimes in, like in the Old Testament about the, them feeling the hand of the Lord on them. Yeah, and it's like when you're sharing something, it's like the hand of the Lord is there and you're partnering with the Holy Spirit in your communication. Yeah, and at the same time, it's still our personality, character and style. Yeah, but it's his 
So we want it, it, but it's his revelation, heart, and message. Does that make sense? Yeah, you can sit, sit down there. So does, is that okay? We're with you there. So that the bit that's coming from him is his heart. Yeah. So not our, not our harshness, our judgment, our emotions, our all over the placeness, or our whatever. But it's it's his heart, his emotions, his feeling, his message, and his revelation. But it's our personality, character, and style. Yeah. So that's why prophecy it can be spoken. The communication is the thing, but it can be spoken communication. It can be sung. Yeah. If, you, if, if that's the way you express things, sing it. That'd be really powerful. It can be acted, demonstrated. It can be written down. A lot of the scriptures that were prophecies were written down things. Yeah, there's nothing, more, there's nothing less spiritual about writing it down. In actual fact, it probably has more impact if it's done that way. You know, it can be drawn sometimes. People can draw... You know, you, just, you go to sometimes in the, went to the National Gallery over the summer and saw some of the, you know, not our style of painting, but you could see some of these people who were like some spiritual paintings from the medieval times. And there was just something of the Spirit of God about where these people were communicating the heart of God through their paintings, yeah? Um, so what I'm going to do now, as we talked about, about the character of it. I thought, so how do you get a prophecy? Okay, that's what we're going to do. We're going to finish with that one. So how do you get a prophecy? So I love Jeremiah because that thing. And, and in Jeremiah, it's one of the few books of the Bible where you can see Jeremiah as in chapter one as the young trainee prophet learning how to prophesy. So I want us this morning to learn how Jeremiah learnt to prophesy. And this works for me. It might not work for you. You might do it in a different way. You might be like Samuel and hear some audible voice or something like that. But this bit works for me. So this is it. So we're going to read Jeremiah 1, 11 to 14. And it says, The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. I said, What do you see? Jeremiah. And he says, I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. The Lord said to me, you've seen correctly, for I'm watching over, watching to see that my word is fulfilled. Then the Lord of the word of the Lord came to me again. What do you see? I see a pot that's boiling and answered it's tilting towards us from the north. And then he goes on and gives some prophecy based upon a tilting pot, okay? So, I want to start by, first of all, that, that prophecies come by, by what do you see, yeah? Now, that might mean all sorts of different things. You might get some amazing panoramic vision that totally blows you away. Honestly, I don't think I've ever had any of them, right? You might get a dream that really captures you in some way. So you might see in that way. But most of the time, it's just a little thought, a little seeing, a little thing that flits across your brain. Yeah? And that's the bit. What do you see? Yeah? And he saw a bit of an almond tree. Okay? 
I don't, I'm not sure what an almond tree is. I'm, you know. So was he standing there looking at a tree? Did he see a perception of a tree? Did he see a picture of a tree some, on, on somewhere? Who knows? But somehow he, would, he just got this for it, you know? And that's usually how it works, works for me, just something. And I just wanted just to encourage you that there's loads of people here who are close to the Holy Spirit, who are always... Little thoughts are flipping through their, through their head and going again. Yeah? And I want to encourage you to grab hold of some of those thoughts because some of those thoughts are the start of the prophecy. They are not the... Oh, we've got everyone going? Have we got... Ah, do I need to finish now? Okay. Okay. Um... Because it says, what? Because then the Lord says to Jeremiah, you've seen correctly. Yeah, that's it. That's the, that's the right thing to see. Yeah? And then from that, the prophecy...